What is Anthony Edwards' favorite Kanye West album? I don't know. What? Black Jesus. Welcome to episode 180 of Wolves Cast, the show who is always happy to get a win against the T-Blazers. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. T-Blazers. You can't underestimate those T-Blazers. No, no, they, uh, you know, they're a wily bunch over there, and uh, you know, a legendary team, the T-Blazers. They've been, uh, they've been, uh, you know, hanging out in Portland for a long time. Blazing Some people teams. think the T-Blazers don't get enough attention because they're up in the Pacific Northwest. You know, it's not a major market. But when we talk about the T-Blazers, we like to just give those T-Blazers all the name recognition we can. Yeah, and the T-Blazers, you got to give them credit. I mean, you know, a lot of teams are championship robust, but, you know, for, for Wolves fans, we look across the division over there and think, wow, you know, 45-plus wins every single season for like a decade. Sign me up. So T-Blazers, um, they got something good going on over there. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? It's good to win. It's good to win in the Moda Center. Uh, We'll talk about that, though, of course. we got a lot going on this week, upcoming week. I mean, this past week was kind of slow. Only two Wolves games. We'll talk about them, uh, you know, on the podcast as we like to do. We'll Mm -hmm. talk about, uh, you know, maybe the most rising star in the league right now. We'll talk about uh, what we referred to in the opening as Black Jesus. Black Jesus. We'll get there. We'll talk all about it. We're going to talk about Ant and all of his superpowers. We are going to talk about a little guy named Andrew Wiggins. Have you ever heard of him? Something happened with Wiggins today, and we're going to talk all about it because that's what Wolves Twitter is all about right now. In fact, I bet Wolves Twitter is making all the good jokes right now, and we're missing out. What a good afternoon for Wolves Twitter. <laughs> um, we also are going to talk about things we're worried about or not worried about. we got to let you know what to be worried about, just so you're not worrying about things you're not worrying about, and you're not worrying about things you should be worried about. Well we have said. a game. We have our Wolfies. And of course, we got to keep the lights on. we got a sponsor. So that's going to be a great show for everybody this week, and uh, let's get it started. Let's do it. Week recap, everybody. Everybody, Wolves two and zero this week. Um, undefeated, they, undefeated. Oh my gosh, yeah, did, undefeated. Did we play like the Thunder and the Rockets this week, Neil? Oh no, no, no. We played. Uh, we played some teams that are better than uh, the dregs of the league. Uh, you know, defeating uh, the Brooklyn Nets on Sunday, one thirty six, one twenty five, and defeating well the Portland Trailblazers. I guess they're kind of on the lower end of things. Although coming into this game, they'd won like four, or five, four of five or something like that. Yeah, I so. think they had won six of their last yeah. eight, so they were doing okay. I know they didn't have Dame Lillard, uh, but always a tricky team, especially you know when they have the home court advantage. We were, you know, it's just another one of those arenas. Uh, Jim Pete talks about you know breaking some records, slaying some dragons. Ben's usually has the records, you know, that he brings up. It's been this many times since we've won in the Moda Center or in oh, Portland yeah. or in Memphis or whatever we have a lot of losing streaks on the road uh so it's good to just go and and defeat some of those monsters and just get rid of those uh you know records from us being bad for like a decade plus so (laughs) it's good to get a win in portland even if the team is a little bit hobbled right now if they're not quite at full strength you know yeah, so 24 and 23 overall. Whoa, the team whoa. is uh, over 500? Over 500 over as we 500. record this. You know, listen, there's some Thursday games happening uh, here in the second half of the season, and one of them is happening right now uh, out in uh, out in San Francisco. So uh, who knows? As, as of this recording, it is above 500 record. But hopefully it's two games above 500 uh, by the time uh, this show is published and you get to hear it and everything. But, uh, yeah, team is uh, 12th in net rating, 
10th in defense, 16th in offense, and that's 16th. That's a, that's a rising number right there. You know, 10th, that's pretty good, but they've kind of been around that 9, 10, 11 range here for weeks. But I think that offensive rating is, uh, you know, is, is more sharply uh, rising right now. So I think we've had the see. best offense in the league for the month of January. Wow. Wow. Oh, I just looked at my calendar and yelled, January 27th. This month is basically over. Wow. Uh-huh. Where did the time go? No, January always goes by so fast. But uh, we're at the end of January, and we had the best offense pretty much all month long. Uh, it was kind of finally – it wasn't like too crazy because this is kind of what we had pictured in our heads the offense kind of looking like. And when we came into the season, like lots of threes, you know, everyone getting theirs. But uh, we hadn't really seen it in the beginning of the season, the first couple of months. Great on defense, kind of slowly ramping up on offense, which we thought was a little weird. But this has started to look like the offensive uh, – firehouse firepower superpower uh what word am i looking for but this looks like you know the 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 offensive force that we thought the team might be coming into the season so much force the threes are starting to fall so that uh that helps a lot and uh yeah that's that's uh good to see so yeah two big wins uh this week you know that sunday game i uh, was there in person uh you know the wolves only play at home on sundays uh right now so uh here in january so you gotta gotta enjoy well sounds like a religious thing yeah, it really is, and uh, this game uh, was was really fun. You know, it was uh, you know Kyrie and uh, and uh, James Harden coming into town, and Kyrie showed out, and James Harden did not. He was he was lazy Harden in this game, really. Uh, you know, relying on uh, the step back that wasn't falling, was not interested in driving the ball at all. So, um, you know, a really good game to get. You know, Brooklyn's been playing a little bit better. No KD, obviously, in this one, but uh, you know, the Wolves uh, just got to the free throw line a lot and uh kind of you know one one with some really efficient offense again hanging 135 or 136 against the nets that's uh that's pretty good so um yeah that that was really fun and uh yeah then the wolves took it on the road like you said good to win against the t blazers and uh this was this was the anthony edwards uh show really you know it was kind of a back and forth game a little bit um, but, uh, you know, the, it was, <laughs> it was quite the second half, especially, you know, with, with Anthony Edwards kind of coming live there, especially in the fourth quarter and, um, you know, kind of it looked put- like it was going to be a real ugly game for a minute. Mm. It was really getting away from us, you know, yeah, felt like, yeah. felt like it was like a 20 point lead. I don't think it got up to 20, but it just felt like that in the second half. I mean, in the first half, like second quarter. Oh, yeah. it was tough. Uh, I thought this game was going to be an ugly one and be like, oh man, I can't believe we laid an egg, but no. Anthony Edwards seizing victory out of the jaws of defeat, making things happen. And it wasn't just him. I think, you know, he gets the, a lot of the attention because he dropped 40, had some really tough shots, really kept us in it. He really was the hero. But, uh, you know, playing some vital sidekick minutes, uh, D'Lo had that, you know, clutch shot that was goaltended at the end that kind of was the game-winning bucket. And Cat was doing a lot of, you know, the dirty work. You know, uh, we always say, like, Cat, you know, we love how he gets his numbers, but sometimes he doesn't do the little unnoticeable stuff. So I feel like we got to praise him when he does do that and yeah he only took like seven shots maybe but he did a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that we have been saying we want to him to do so a really good team effort all around from our big three yeah good to see the wolves uh you know just uh, get a win on the road and uh because you know their next next batch is against all the top teams in the league like we said they're playing against golden state as we record this then they got to turn around and do a back-to-back friday night in Phoenix, so like the top two teams in the West, back to back, less than twenty four hours apart. That's 
that's no fun. And then, um, you know, Utah on Sunday, we'll see if Gobert comes back. You know, Gobert and Mitchell have been out uh, the last few games for them. So we'll see what kind of opponent that is. You know, then Nuggets, kind of, so we got a tough week. This next yeah. week is, you know, maybe not tough, maybe just like a really good week of watching basketball ahead of us. We only had the two games last week and the next week, you know, counting tonight, we got the Warriors, the Suns, the Jazz, and the Nuggets. Those are some appointment TV. If we're playing up to the level that we've been playing, those will be really good matchups. And then, yeah. just to give you a little preview of the week ahead after that, we got Pistons twice, Kings twice, Bulls, Pacers. So things get really easy. You knock on wood. Sometimes the easy games are the ones we drop. But after this stretch of four really tough Western Conference opponents, we have like easy street for the next couple weeks. So uh, just got to hang in tough. You know, even if we drop a few games under 500, I'm sure we can make it up against the Pistons or whatnot. But let's not have that mentality. Let's just go ahead and take care of business, surprise some teams. So, you know, be the 10th loss on the season for the Suns. They still haven't had a 10th loss yet. Man, they're wow. Yeah, I know that's uh, but th- this has kind of been a thing that we've been, you know, we've been looking at the schedule and, you know, trying to, you know, figure out the different areas and, oh, what when's a tough week? When's a quote unquote easy week? But really, the Wolves have, have really performed well, I feel like, in these like tough stretches and stuff. Like we talked about like December being really hard and, you know, they got through that pretty well, like, you know, 500 or just above. You know, this month's going to be the same thing. They're going to finish with over 500 record in uh, January. So I don't know. I guess I'm not as worried about these stretches as I used to be because it's just like this team seems to find a way to get one or two of those along the way and and kind of uh you know surprise the team kind of like you're saying like they t- tend to do play better against uh you know some of these top teams um you know so I don't know I, I ho- hopefully they can get you know one of these three against uh against the Warriors Suns and Jazz and then yeah they're back on track and taking it from there so um yeah we'll, we'll yeah, see what happens I, you know we talked about this on the pod we said you know a couple of weeks back it was the 20 games it was like oh man look at this 20 games we have upcoming all these tough teams how are we going to do what are we yeah. going to do and then we had those 20 games and during the 20 games we had like all of our covid out uh vacancies or, yep. or you know missing players because of covid and we still went like 9 and 11 during that stretch but meaning to bring that up on the last few pods and i just kept forgetting to so we we talked about this dangerous 20 game stretch and even with like a lot of our guys out we still were basically 500 so uh yeah you're right this team uh you know we should have a little bit of confidence in them even though i was about to say like you know it's not like the huge losing streaks huge winning streaks but we have actually had like a six game losing streak and so maybe that's not considered a small losing streak to other fan bases but six game losing streaks nothing for the wolves so that, we we staunched <laughs> that one pretty much right away if it doesn't go into like a third week then is it really a losing streak yeah, really. We, we we know what uh true losing streaks can look like, the true brutal nature of that. So yeah, let's uh let's just avoid that. Um uh, but yeah, that's uh that's this week and a little bit of a look ahead, but uh we gotta keep looking back yeah. at uh, one yeah. specific man and uh his name is Anthony Edwards. Here's the tip All right, Ant G- give me an ant drop. Feel like Black Jesus. And then I, I feel like the next part of that should be Russell immediately after saying, "I'm gonna let you have this one" or like something like that. It's like he's like, "I'm gonna sit out of this one." He's gonna lean can... back or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he's like, "Yeah, he's like, you know, I, we know Ant's on one right now. I'm just gonna let him be on one." Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. That was uh, that was definitely the the frosting uh, on top. I liked of the cake. I liked his quote about seeing the fear in the other player's eyes, like and knowing it was all over from there. I like that quote even more. Yeah, that's uh, you know, 
he continues to he continues to be some, one of the most entertaining players off the floor as well. You know, he was on uh, you know an ESPN show today with uh, you know formerly the Jump. I don't know what it's called anymore, but with I think it's Ke- NBA Today now. Yeah, NBA Today, whatever, with uh, Kendrick Perkins and um, one of the Andrews sisters. And, yeah, yeah. So um, you know, just stuff like that. You know, kind of having some fun conversation with them, and you know, Perkins kind of saying how uh, he really likes you know the, the you know the the, the, the um, personality of uh, young ants right there and he was flashing it so i think we're gonna get a lot more of this and it's just it's cool how it's continued on i wonder how long <laughs> it can go i mean i guess you know i think a lot of guys come maybe come into the league with this kind of you know fun attitude like that and then maybe it gets beat out of him a little bit but with ants he's had so much early success that i wonder if he just that doesn't happen to him and maybe he just continues on with this buoyant really uh you know joyful uh tell it like it is you know kind of lots of hyperbole about myself like type of stuff i I wonder if he will continue this on more than most young guys do because of you know it's just like it's not like a wake-up call for him oh i gotta change everything to win yeah you either you either have like one of three roads to go with this you're either like irrationally confident and then you get the rude awakening where it's like your team is bad for so many years it's kind of like what carl did i feel like carl was never as you know confident and self-assured as ant is but like he used to have a little bit more swagger but then you know years of losing and other people in the league being like you're a stat stuffer talk to me when you win you don't get to talk like the whole jimmy butler attitude if you don't win in this league you don't get to talk you didn't do anything special and then it just kind of harshes their attitude where they're like okay now i'm gonna become more reserved Mm-hmm. Then you can go the opposite way where you're super confident, really arrogant, really full of yourself, and you don't have the success to back it up, but you keep that confidence and you just become like a J.R. Smith, kind of like irrationally confident kind of guy. And then the third route is the route we're hoping we're going on where you have the confidence and then your ability just keeps backing it up where you keep writing yourself higher checks that your butt can cash, you know? The most exciting young player in the league, Anthony Edwards. I mean, come on. Um, so yeah, Ant, he has, he's been balling out here in January. We talked to you know maybe a month ago or so about kind of comparing his year one and year two and you know a lot of a lot of similarities in the numbers there um, in a lot of ways but you know I think since then and just on a more granular level you're, you're starting to see the improvements um, you know in different areas especially shooting the ball you know kind of improving you know almost everywhere on the floor just you know uh, near the hoop and and uh, from three as well so in January 24 points per game 41 percent from three on 9.2 attempts, uh, 61% true shooting on uh, 26% usage, four rebounds, three and a half assists, and um, 1.7 steals, which is awesome too. They were getting those steals as well. So, you know, all those numbers are just like a little bit ticked up from from his overall kind of season stats. But he, it just he's shows, like in yeah. the top 20 in steals and deflections in the league. So awesome, like, yeah, yeah. And it's just some you know, context that's, for those numbers, you know. Yeah, and it's just, you know, that's credit to Chris Finch on, you know, being able to have, you know, a player who was, you know, very, you know, tough to play with defensively last year, lots of, you know, just, just you know, falling asleep and that kind of stuff, you know, to have him, uh, you know, in a place like this where he's a contributor in a positive way in a defensive system, you know, a lot of gambling and stuff, which isn't, you know, maybe not the most sustainable kind of thing, but, uh, you know, it's Again, credit to Chris Finch for for you know having this young player and having them be able to contribute defensively, especially um, and on the wing too against some like bigger scores and stuff like that. Like, I think this the defense of size is like obviously it doesn't get the love that all the you know flashy play and the <laughs> black Jesus all that stuff gets, but 
quietly his defense has has really um, really improved over over the last uh, you know year or so and and I think that's just so important too because I think all too often you know especially for the Timberwolves it's yeah often this guy can really put put the bucket you know really put the basket uh, put the ball in the bucket there we go and uh, but they're really bad at defense like most Wolves superstars or the best player on uh, you know most Wolves teams like throughout franchise history other than KG is like been a minus defensively whether it's you know big ass or your K-Love or Towns or, you know, even earlier days probably. Like, I don't know how good of a defender like Sam Mitchell was and stuff like that. So it's refreshing to have a guy who's under, you know, under 21 years old in his second year already being averaged on defense. Really fun to see. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, the dunks and the scoring will get you the respect of like NBA Twitter and like, you know, young fans or people sure. who just kind of watch casually whereas like you if you're like doing this stuff where it's like well his plus minus shows that the defensive net rating is better when he's on the floor than when he's not that's kind of like gets the writers and the bloggers on your side you know like that so it's like mm-hmm. he's winning over different levels of people on you know by doing different things you know and attitudes winning over Kendrick Perkins and stuff like that but but the exciting thing about Ant's defense is just what you were saying about that improvement from year one to year two because sometimes you see somebody I mean the defensive improvement like I hope somebody like John K. Hopefully, after the store, after the season, you get the real story or something because uh, the defensive transformation is crazy. Because you have guys like D'Lo who just physically can't be an elite defender. You know, he doesn't have the wingspan, he doesn't have the lateral quickness. He just is not built to be like the best defender in the league. And yet, you know, they've turned him into a plus defender this year, which is like something I never thought would happen. And with Ant, it's kind of different. He has all the physical tools in the world, but he reminded me of like Zach Levine last season, where it was just like couldn't you know, it's such a ball watcher, could never this guy would just cut behind him and go to the rim and Ant would be off in La La Land because he was watching where the ball was or, you know, like just a lack of urgency, a lack of concern about what his man was doing. And we saw, I mean, Zach still kind of falls into that. Like Zach has not been a great defensive player throughout his history. And so like sometimes it's more damning to have a player not care about defense because it's almost harder to fix in some ways than a guy who cares but just can't physically be there. So for Ant to have this kind of just transformation and attitude, it's not like he was ever like, you know, like all offensive, no defense guy. He always thought he was a good defender. But this year it's just a different attitude and a different approach that has made it so like like, you know, he's still a way better offensive player. Don't get me wrong. He's like great at offense, but now he's average on defense. And that is an amazing thing to say for a 20 year old. And thinks he's the best baseball player, football player, skier, curler, walker, runner. For Wolves fans, too, I think it's it's really been an interesting journey because, you know, it was OK. You know, last year when he was drafted, which, by the way, it was like 13 months ago like, or not. I remember like. 15 months ago like you know, less than a year and a half ago if the Edwards was uh, not drafted yet so um, but I think you know we talked about this at the midway point with John Meyer as far as the team goes about changing expectations I wonder what sort of that that is uh, you know for Anthony Edwards and, and the whole idea of changing expectations for him you know obviously from when he was drafted but um, even I think since like the beginning of this season I think you could say that the expectations have really um, changed for him so where are you at these days that with uh with with anthony edwards scott and sort of like what you expect him now to kind of become in his career and sort of has that changed uh how's your outlook or your your you know what you think about that has that changed kind of in the last month or in the last you know two months something like that since the season has started 
I guess we should just go all in on the Kool-Aid here. Like I went from someone who was thinking like Ant- Anthony Edwards could become an all-star someday to like being like Anthony Edwards could be the best player on a championship team someday. You know, like my attitude has gone from like, I think this might be the last year we he doesn't make an all-star team, you know? And if he had been playing this way, the way he's playing right now, if he was playing that way to start the season, I firmly believe he would be an all-star this season. And I just think that like his numbers are so rock solid across the board. It just He's not just doing something like that was the thing with Anthony. Andrew, you know, we'll talk about Andrew and this isn't a drag on Andrew, but Andrew would get buckets, but he would never rebound. He'd never get assists. You know, he just wasn't doing much for you other than scoring. Whereas like Anthony Edwards is doing a little of everything. And it's not just the stuff that shows up in the stat sheets. Like I know like deflections is a little bit of an advanced number. It's not typically in the box score, but like that kind of stuff, like I said, he's like, he's in the top, like 20, 25 in the league in deflections. And so it's just like little stuff like that too. So it's just in the, the defense. Once again, I'm still uh, like extremely superstitious about the defense. I feel like if I breathe on something wrong, like if I, you know, step on a crack, if I pick up a penny that's tail side up, like all this will vanish and it'll just be like a mirage. You know, I'm still waiting for, for the league to figure us out and every time we have a bad game I'm like is this it the league figure us out are we really frauds because I still just am so unfamiliar with a Wolves team caring about defense and being good on defense so like I'm still like you know crossing my fingers knocking on woods being like you know hey uh Ant is this level of defense from Ant we can expect that going forward in his career um but just like the level he's at right now. And that's not even to say any, gosh, now I'm just fawning over him. I think everyone gets it. Everyone gets it. We all love Ant, but it's just like his trajectory right now. If he just stayed at the level he's playing at this month, he's an all-star for the rest of his career. And this is year two, you know, age 20. We could still expect another leap out of this guy. Maybe another two leaps out of this guy, you know? And that's fun to think about. I was thinking on uh, my walk today with Piper. We're going on a dog walk. You know, I was listening to some podcasts thinking about, man, Ant is so good. He's doing this from the inside to the outside. I was like, man, what could he keep doing with this game? And I was like, well, there's still a lot of stuff he could do with his game. He doesn't have a floater. I think like that's something that he could really develop and make him killer in that kind of mid-range game, you know, when he can't get to the rim and stuff like that. So he Ant still has lots of great tools and skills to develop, you know, as he grows. There's still tons of room for growth for him. But I just think the sky is the limit for Anthony Edwards, which is so exciting, I think, in the context of this team, because, you know, I think coming into this season, there was this whole thing where even if, let's say Ant is not on the team or Ant is just looking like, you know, he's going to be a useful role player or something and we're still achieving this success, you know, maybe Ant looks like Malik and Malik has been contributing to Ant-like numbers. I don't know what this hypothetical is, but I'm just saying, let's imagine like that Cat and D'Lo are the two big stars. And it's like, I think a lot of people would be, you know, crunching themselves and like twisting themselves into uh, knots over the idea that like, oh, the Wolves might make the playoffs as a seven seed, maybe a six seed, but with Cat and D'Lo at the age they are and their surrounding cast, uh, is it time to blow it up? Is this going to be, what's the ceiling of this team with Cat? Can they really go for it? And, you know, all those dumb questions that fan bases who don't make the playoffs shouldn't have, like Tim Shan shouldn't be like, what's the ceiling? Or is the ceiling of this team a second round exit? Hey, how about we make it to the second round before we worry about that, Tim fans? But my thing is that I think that a lot of people would be more worried about the future of this team if Cat and D'Lo were the two stars but the idea is like the real gem the real like you know a one uh, item is uh and so i just feel like people are like yeah we'll take these maybe making the playoffs we'll take these successful years with cat and delo but we won't worry about how cat and delo's next few years immediately impact the long-term outlook of this franchise because now the idea is if cat or delo force their way out we're going to get more to surround ant with so i, I just feel like ant's ascendance see it's not only you know given timberwolves fans a lot of reasons to love him for his personality who he is as a person you know 
his converse, his interviews, everything about him that we love. But also, I think he takes a lot of anxiety off of Wolves fans' plates because we don't have to worry about the future quite as immediately as we're always worried about our star with one foot out the door, and and we just don't have that with Ant. Yeah, the timeline situation is, uh, yeah, it's, you know, coming into this year, that was one of the big questions was sort of like, which timeline do you choose here? And Ant's, you know, play this year has definitely, um, you know, kind of made that a different kind of equation a little bit. And yeah, to your point, really, really makes you relax a little bit more because, you know, at bare minimum, you have this guy in waiting kind of who's kind of already arrived in a lot of ways. Um, and it kind of like just works for his development because that's another thing about Ant's development is like we've watched, you know, I guess it's not really a pressure cooker when you're you're the number one pick on a team that's getting last place and nobody's watching you like Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns. But there's something to be said, like when you're the bet, when you're the, you know, the number one pick on the league and you're on a terrible team that's kind of tanking for the lottery and you're going out there and you're taking as many shots as you want and you really don't have anyone checking you very much except some vets, who, but who, who cares? You're the face of the franchise or whatever. Whereas like this environment that Anton, where there's already some like, you know, there's a pecking order, you know, Cat and D'Lo are the max money guys. And like, so there's like this whole hierarchy that he fits himself into. I think it's more of a compliment on the whole organization. And also like what Rosa said when Ant, I mean, when Ant said when he got drafted was that he was really excited when he met Rosa's because they had this whole four year, five year plan. Year one, this is what we're going to have you do. Year two, this is what we're going to develop with you. And they had a plan to make him into a superstar. And I think that like, that's the kind of development and like, system that wasn't around for like all these other talented lottery picks the wolves have had that have just gone on to do nothing really for the wolves just because of the impossible environment this is for a young player to develop in like that's no longer the case like i think we have a really good environment for for ant to develop in so uh, i think it's just kind of like uh you know a new day yeah, it's exciting in uh, a lot of different ways. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, talk more about Anthony Edwards here, Scott. So uh, let's just keep it going. He's hitting up. All right, we have to piggyback off of a uh, friend of the podcast, Britt Robson's latest piece over at MinPost called This Ant Be Real. Anthony Edwards is emerging as a Timberwolves not-so-secret superhero, and um, that superhero part is uh, kind of the whole point, kind of the whole uh, you know conceit of the um, of the piece that he wrote, and uh, kind of compared Anthony Edwards and you know, kind of wh- again where he's risen to at this point, um, and, and compared it to a lot of different uh, superheroes. Uh, all over the place, we got we got all sorts of you know. A lot of times, you know, folks will keep it all within a, a realm of Marvel or or DC or whatever it is. But uh, I feel like um, Britt was kind of all over the place with this one. Not that it was bad; it was a fantastically written piece. But whenever there's superheroes combined with NBA players, we got to call on um, our resident uh, comic book uh, expert Scott to uh, come in and weigh in. And uh, you know, I think Scott, I want you to talk a little bit about you know kind of where you thought you know Brit you know hit the nail on the head, and then maybe some additional comparisons that you would maybe do instead uh, for for uh, Anthony Edwards. What do you think of the Brit piece as far as superheroes go? Well, you know, I uh, I will say, uh, oh man, how do I approach this? I was uh, Britt did only use Marvel heroes. He didn't dip into the DC. You know, oh okay, so cool, yeah. There's that, no, but he just... used like some X Men and some Fantastic Four, so they're That's not all in the Marvel Cinematic at. Universe. Yeah. You know, I get that. Uh, and I think he did a good job in the sense that he picked really popular heroes. Maybe the the one to one fit wasn't great, but you don't want to pick like obscure heroes that you have to spend you know column inches explaining to people. So he went with you know Wolverine, Iron Man. You you know, kind of the big name, big ticket heroes. 
and mm-hmm. it mostly worked out you know like like some of them were a little bit more in depth he kind of said like can't uh i have some quotes here if you squinted at the clips from his lone collegiate season of georgia and wished hard enough you could see him bouncing off bodies in beast mode while clambering toward the basket and conjure up wolverine a boon for timberwolves marketers if they haven't already been shell-shocked by too many eyes on the rise level embarrassments this is the kind of great writing you can expect (laughs) from brit um but like wolverine you know like yeah he kind of does you know like he bounces off by he's kind of a, a brawler but his real thing is that his healing advantage he's got the healing factor you know and that so like he's just a tough sob like maybe he's not the best fighter but like he'll just keep getting back up because he's got the healing factor so like i you know i mean hopefully ant has a healing factor you know uh he's hasn't missed any games i don't believe because of injury it was just covid or did he miss one because of, no he didn't you know he just uh, he so far he's proven to be pretty durable uh so hopefully that wolverine comparison could yeah, work just the other night in that portland game he, he left with the cramp was out like for like 30 seconds and then checked himself back in there you go i think that's the perfect example right there yeah, and Iron Man because he could levitate, but I, I think the more and the quips. I think the quips in Iron Man, he's witty like Iron mm, Man. Yeah. For the outside shooting, the greatest ambush of all, however, is the outside shooting ant morphing into a combination of Hawkeye and the human torch from behind the three point arc. Just mixing metaphors here. Hawkeye is the archer, and human torch is just you're on fire, I guess, because the human torch isn't really known for his long range uh, uh, weapons attacks necessarily. Uh, yeah, but he's but, hot. Uh, but you, you know, uh, you get it. You're hot. You're the human torch. That kind of thing. You're on fire. So, yeah. um, so they're fine. It's funny that he didn't actually use Ant Man, who who is his nickname. You know, as a comparison, <laughs> and didn't yeah, even bring him up. It's a successful uh, film and everything too. It's not like that deep of a cut anymore. Right. Exactly. Uh, but Ant Man's not even the best comparison. So I picked some. Once again, Marvel. I'm more of a Marvel guy. I'm sorry, DC heads. I'm just not that into DC comics as much since I was since I was younger. You know, when I used to read a lot of Batman. So mostly keeping it in the Marvel universe. So I've got a couple names here that I think would be good comparisons. I like. Uh, so he used the Hulk as a comparison, but like the Hulk is such a tortured guy. Bruce Banner hates himself and he hates being the Hulk, and then he turns <laughs> into the Hulk and he smashes things, and then he turns back into Bruce Banner and he hates himself. And when he's the Hulk, he's like, "Why is everyone hating the Hulk? Hulk's so sad." So it's just like not a great fit. We're Whereas uh, Amadeus Cho is a character in Marvel Comics who became the Hulk for a while. He took the powers out of Bruce Banner. He became the totally awesome Hulk. He was like a Hulk who was like a teenager and just having fun with it, had a lot of swagger. It was just like, I can be the Hulk and be joyful and be fun. And uh, now he's Braun, who is like less of a Hulk, but still kind of like a Hulk guy. I think that's a good comparison where he's just like, he's really into himself. He's like, man, I'm pretty awesome. I'm like this Hulk. I'm Braun. I am like, look at me, you know? And so I think like that would be a good fit because he's got kind of like the strength and power of the Hulk, which is good for Ant, but he's got more of that fun-loving kind of swagger, so a little bit full of himself kind of attitude. Yeah, we, so need I like a, that. we need a better attitude if we're going to be if we're going to be the Hulk, right? Exactly, because you know Ant Ant doesn't have a Hulk personality really. Um, in terms of powers, this is something that doesn't get talked about enough a lot, but I think like Ant watches a lot of film. Um, he used to talk about like how he used to watch Dwayne Wade all the time, and then you'd see him start pulling some Dwayne Wade moves in games. I think he studies a lot of film, and then he starts using those moves in games. Uh, and so I put Taskmaster, who who's a, he's a villain, but he, he has a photographic um, memory and a mimicry ability where if he watches you fight once, he knows all of your moves and he can do all your moves. Uh, so I think that was a good power set. I also put Absorbing Ooh. Man here. He's another villain. He absorbs whatever he touches and becomes that material. So that's kind of the the absorption aspect where he he soaks things up. He's a really good you know, student of the game, which I think gets overlooked be- just because of his personality and his gregariousness. That's um, good. Atti- that's going attitude wise. I'm going with the X Men magic. She's Alanya Rasput- Rasputin, Iana, 
Uh, I'm pronouncing it wrong. Anyways, Colossus is a little sister. She is the queen of limbo, which is like a level of hell, but she's got like this huge swagger. She's just unflappable. She's one of the new mutants. So she's like a younger next generation version of the X-Men kind of, who is just like always super cool. Like whenever you're in a huge situation where it's like, oh man, we're going to die. Look at all these huge, powerful villains against us. She's always just like smiling and like, yeah, I'm not worried. I can take this. Like Yana could say I'm black Jesus in a comic and get away with it. (laughs) I I feel like that's kind of the same attitude. Um, then we have a, a bunch of unstoppable uh, villains like Juggernaut, Unis the Untouchable, Rhino, Drax the Destroyer. Ju- Juggernaut is untu- unstoppable. That's what he's known for. And I think Cat could get there with his kind of powerful drives into the paint. I just don't think he's quite at Juggernaut level yet because Juggernaut's literally unstoppable. Whereas I think Cat, I mean, Ant will get there, but he's still kind of figuring out that last piece of it. A um, couple more guys real quick. I'm going to say if you're going to do a Hawkeye comparison, make him Kate Bishop, who is a younger uh, female Hawkeye. She's a lot more confident. She's got a lot of swagger. I think that her and Ant would get along real well. So I think that's definitely one. And then, um, man, I'm just going to read through these fast ones. Wiccan, because Wiccan makes uh, his powers are from his belief. He believes things will happen. He kind of wishes them into being. Uh, there's the whole magical kind of like every good at everything thing, like Franklin Richards or like Novar, Marvel Boy, Wonder Man, people who are kind of good at everything. Storm, because everyone who goes up against Storm comes out of it being like, whoa, Storm was the real deal, everyone. Storm's legit. And I feel like that's what people do when they experience Ant afterwards. They're like, man, Ant's, Ant's the real deal. And then finally, not personality wise, Captain America, though, because, you know, the Marvel Universe is full of like really smart people, like people you who make up the plans. You got Reed Richards, you got Tony Stark, you got T'Challa, you got Bruce Banner, you got geniuses all over the place. But yet when it comes time in a battle, everyone looks to Captain America for leadership, even though he's not that smart, you know, he's not the genius level intellect, but when it comes time for inspiration, when the chips are down, everyone just go, looks to Cap for the lead because he's got, he's a leader, you know, and I feel like Ant's got that too, where he's not necessarily like the smartest guy on the court, but when you need somebody leading you, you know, just his attitude, his gravitas alone, I think is going to, you know, carry, going to lead the Avengers on the court. Wow. Well, there you go. Well, that's uh, Sky. I knew you could. Uh, you'd be you'd be super at this. You pull it all together, and uh, wow, we got some we got some deep cuts here. We got a bunch of superheroes I've never even heard of, and uh, you made some good points here. Yeah, I really like the Hulk. Uh, sort of, you know, you kind of tweak the Hulk one there. Give it as many kinds of Hulks, of course. So you got uh, Amadeus Cho's Hulk. The totally there. awesome Hulk. There you go. So uh, perfect, perfect stuff right there. And, uh, you know, just had to go for it with uh, Britt referencing all the superheroes. Just just uh, also, a couple more ideas there. For for the movies fans, he's kind of like Thanos from Infinity War, where he's very assured of himself. He's never worried. He knows what his mission is. He's just showing up to do it, and he's inevitable. He's going to happen. He's inevitable. That's Ant. All right. There you go. So, uh, yeah, let us know what uh, superheroes you think Ant is like right there, Marvel or otherwise. All right. We got one more uh, topic here in Full Court Press. He's on fire. Talking about Andrew Wiggins, the man, the myth, the NBA all-star starter, Scott uh, Maple Jordan. Has uh, has really made it. This is uh, This is huge. He's not just in the all-star game. He's starting in it, Scott. Can you believe it? 
Uh, man, what a loaded question. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I, can't believe <laughs> I cannot it. believe this is happening. I mean, yeah. I know all the reasons why you, this could happen. I mean, we all remember Zaza Pachulia leading all-star voting when he was on the Golden State Warriors. So it's not like it's impossible to imagine, you know, a guy on one of the most popular teams in the league getting all the fan votes and everything like that. But it's just yeah. weird. I saw people tweeting. And like I said, Twitter, man, claps to you guys. You know, you, you should get my Wolfie this week for how funny you are. But just people are like, uh, Paul Pierce, never an NBA all-star starter. Like you go down the list of like all time, great players who have never started an all-star game. And then you say like Andrew Wiggins and it makes it kind of a laugh. And I, and I almost feel sorry for Wiggins. This is great for him, but like the way everyone's, you know, just making fun of him. He's just mercilessly getting roasted. Nobody's like, he deserves it. Like everyone, even like I've seen warriors accounts being like, you know, he might not deserve it, but well, let's give it up for Wiggins. <laughs> you know, like, so I think that, yeah, like, he's like the, he's like the one left out guy who's like, Oh yeah. Like you're like the last one in. So you're the one that everyone's going to complain about or whatever. Right. So it's kind of a, uh, uh, ignomious. I'm no, I'm pronouncing that one wrong, but uh, <laughs> kind of honor where it's just like, yeah, you, this is an honor. It's nice that you're getting, but you're going to get ton of flack over this. Andrew, you're going to be like the go-to guy for the next like half decade when people talk about guys who didn't deserve to be NBA All-Star starters. Like Wiggins is going to be kind of the poster boy of that. It's hard um, to do that as a starter because it's like, yeah, the, at the end of the like, okay, next week they'll name the reserves, and then you know sometimes you get a controversial one at the end of there. Or, you know, you get a especially like for D'Angelo Russell, he's an injury replacement, and those guys get torn to shreds too because like I can't believe this guy's an All-Star and stuff like that. But yeah, to crack the starters like. That's just so crazy because you have to have the fan vote, but then you have to also be just high enough in the player uh, vote and the and the media vote because those are the 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 fan vote is fifty percent and then twenty five percent each for the players and for the media and then they weight that score so it's like average score. So for Wiggins, he was th- he remained third in fan vote. Uh, you know, which, uh, you know, again, I think it was just the perfect storm of all this happening. Like, yeah, the Warriors are good again. You know, huge, like you said, huge international fan base just for the Warriors in general. Then you add Wiggins as the number one overall draft pick. Like, he already has, like, lots of recognition from that. And then you have Canada on top of that. And, Sky, you, you've done some sleuthing and found out there might be another uh, possible uh, little little bit of uh, boost that Wiggins here received for, to to remain third in Fanville. What did you What did you find out? Yeah, this is from the SF Gate, San Francisco Gate. So this is like a legit like San Francisco newspaper, and even them were kind of explaining. Like this came out. Uh, let's see. Oh, there's an update now, but I like. Uh, how this is, once again, this is a San Francisco newspaper. There's one surprising name with enough fan support to garner a closer look, uh, which is Wiggins. It says, Wiggins deserves plentiful credit for turning in a career year and becoming an irreplaceable teammate on a championship contender. You can make a solid argument that he should be an all-star, just not a starter. And in fairness, so like even this is like taking the wind mm-hmm. out of him, even though yeah. it's a San Francisco paper. But how did Wiggins even get this far? Very plausible theory. K-pop fans. Apparently, the Warriors have like a uh, K-pop uh, global ambassador and I'm trying to find his name it was right here (laughs) Bam Bam is his name no space B-A-M-B-A-M and he's been tweeting and getting you know he's rallying his giant social media following to to vote for Wiggins and so once again you get all those fan votes he's way ahead in fan votes like I was wondering what was up because 
you could say like, oh yeah, it's the Warriors fans, but he almost had twice as many votes as Clay Thompson. You know, so if it's going to be Warriors fans voting for you know a straight yeah. ticket ballot or something like that, you'd expect Clay to be a little bit higher. But maybe it's that K-pop edge, you know. So um, I I think technically the starters are where you see more weird stuff happen because the, I think the coaches who don't have any input on the starters, like you said, it's media fans and players for starters. That you can let stuff weird happen, but I feel like the reserves are usually pretty pretty safe because the coaches know what's up. You know, so the coaches don't blow that stuff very often. And maybe an injury replacement like D'Lo, but at that point you've gone through so many injured guys. You're like, whatever, you know. But like, I just when, feel like when was the this last is- time? When was the last time something like this happened though? Where I, I think Andrew Wiggins does not make the team unless he is a starter. Like, when was the last time someone was an All Star starter who, if they were not a starter, they would they no shot to like be on the team. Like, I can't. Maybe that's happened and we just like forget about it, but I can't really think of like many situations like that. Usually it's like, oh, they're not a starter, but they're for sure going to be on the team. Whereas like with Wiggins, you can't say that. Like, I think he would be maybe, but I don't, I mean, he did get the sixth um, in media uh, votes. He was sixth in Western in front court and uh, fifth in player. So, you know, if it's just that, maybe so, but you know, I don't think it's not going to be that. Again, it's the coaches who pick. Um, so, you know, I think it, he would not be on. On this team, if if he was not the 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 starter, it was the only way for him to get on. So um, that's that's pretty uh, you know noticeable right there. I just can't maybe because it's Wiggins and it's so close to home with Minnesota that I'm not really thinking uh, clearly on past games. But I can't think of anybody like that. It would have to be someone international like that or some rookie. Yeah, or something like I wish that. I had done. You know, we got this news right before we started, or else I would have done my homework yeah, and brought yeah. some facts for you. But I feel like it's it's an interesting thing because a lot of times you know it's either a Zaza Pachulia where it's like a really popular their international player but once you get through the fan votes there's really no player or media or coach votes to get them on the team um sometimes i think of what happens is guys who are former big stars in the league who it's like like did kobe deserve to be an all-star starter his last year probably not but he's one of the most popular players in the world so of course he's going to be an all-star starter where that's that's kobe bryant it's not as debatable but like i know like d wade and dirk got the honorary all-star bids their last year in the league because they announced it was their retirement year and so the league was like let's get them both in the all-star game even though they're not all-stars this year with the way they've been playing so that kind of stuff can happen too so it is weird i feel like sometimes you see this happen where it's a former all-star who's no longer at an all-star level like a russell westbrook where it's like does he deserve to be here well he's got the reputation so it, it andrew is in a very unique position because i don't think he has a reputation and it's not like you know it's just it's it's very interesting it's a weird mix of stuff also like <laughs> i wrote down in my notes when i saw this today i was like maybe the west is weaker than the east this year if andrew wiggins is an yeah. all-star starter because it's just like also some of it is just like the caliber of players this year like if there was a third like killer guy like Kawhi or paul george you know in the west then this would be easier but like when the next guys up I mean the next four on the list were Draymond Green Rudy Gobert and those guys are like oh they're defensive players you know are they going to be starters Paul George well he's injured you know maybe he would have been the guy and then Cat is the very next one so it's not like there's that killer third front court option where it's just like oh easy you know I think that this year is kind of unique in that sense yeah, so like you mentioned, Towns is uh, right in the mix there, but uh, you know, eighth, eighth in fan voting, um, seventh in player voting, fifth in media voting. So I got the most there from the media. Edwards, eleventh uh, in fan voting, eighth in player voting, and seventh in media voting. So that's where the final tallies both, were. Both the players and the media way higher on Edwards than the fans. I think that's amazing because I feel like Edwards. I feel like sometimes he's bigger with the fans, but it just goes to show you that like once the rest of the fans in the league catch up, man, yeah. Ed, this could be the last time Edwards is not an all star. I'm, I'm calling it. I'm calling it right now. 
Like he might get an injury replacement with the way he's playing this season. I just it's yeah. so cool. Yeah, uh, also, shout out our boy Flip Saunders. So we have a flip drop. I don't think we have a flip drop. But, no. Uh, you know, Flip, uh, his dream is alive a little bit. It looks like you know his his timber pups. He he picked Cat. He picked Wiggins. He picked Zach Levine. All three of them might be an all star this year. Wouldn't that be great? Nice. Well, yeah, congrats to uh, Maple Jordan, and uh, hopefully Towns uh, joins him on the selected players uh, next week. It'll be announced, uh, yeah, next Thursday on TNT. So I see hope, a lot of people that. online who are angry about this. Just enjoy it. It doesn't take anything yeah, away from you, Wolves it. fans. It's yeah. not like Cat was going to be – it wasn't. It didn't come down to Wiggins or Cat. I mean, if in a vacuum, yeah. if we're arguing who should be a starter, yeah, of course Cat had, has had a better season than Wiggins. But it's not about that, so let's not make it about that. It just makes us look dumb and petty if we're not happy for Andrew. So let's be happy for him, okay? He did a lot of stuff here. He's our friend. Uh, I'm happy for Wiggins. I'm happy for Cassie. Let's go, Wiggs. All right, onward to our sponsor. We love uh, all of our sponsors equally. And uh, wow, this is another great one to add to the list. NBA star D'Angelo Russell has been dazzling fans with his flashy passing and dead-eye shooting for years. Considering D'Lo to be just a basketball player is reductive and does not represent the renaissance man he truly is. His passion for fashion, food, and art are also well-documented. Today, he's launching a new endeavor that delves into another area of his interests, secrets. D-Lo on the down low is the new pay-per-minute phone line from D'Angelo Russell. Just dial 1-900-ICE-VANE and you'll be connected to the Timberwolves starting point guard. The hushed tones of Russell's voice will guide you through a series of secrets, rumors, and other confidential matters. Simply put, some people are in the know and D'Angelo Russell is one of those people. This service is guaranteed to have the answers to a wide swath of mysterious topics like where babies come from, celebrity romance, presidential assassinations, LeBron James and aging, Santa Claus, David Stern's frozen envelope, peanut butter and jelly, the quote unquote moon landing, the KFC recipe, why Michael Jordan really retired the first time. So call 1-900-ICE-VANE today. D'Angelo Russell has something to tell you. How long you speak is up to you. Just remember, keep it on the down low. Thank you to D'Lo on the down low for their support of Wolf's Cast. Up next, worry or not worry. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm really, really worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm freaking out here. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I mean, why, why would I be worried? I'm not worried. I'm not worried. You're not worried, are you? All right, time to find out how worried we are, where our anxiety level is these days, uh, with a segment called Worried Slash Not Worried. And uh, it's, a, it's an interesting time to do this, Scott. Usually here on Wolves Cast, we can deploy the Worried Not Worried segment at any point. Over the course of a Timberwolves season, summertime, um, you know, uh, holiday season, um, t- opening week, uh, you know, all star game, trade deadline, doesn't matter. A worried or not worried segment, always, always very, um, you know, uh, you know, re- relevant, really. But we had a hard time. We got to say, we had a hard time with this one coming up with some segments, some, some ideas, and some, some topics that. You know, we were a little bit worried about here. That's that's a new experience for us, Scott. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think some of the stuff is just like, uh, you know, usually we have to worry about coaches or front office shenanigans, worried about some kind of player who is really sinking the team with their attitude, maybe in the locker room. Maybe we've got to worry about injuries and injuries. We're always worried about injuries. It's just kind of a general thing. Do we have to talk about it? It's always there, mm-hmm. you know? And so I just feel like some of that stuff, you know, is the team going to be sold and moved? Like some of that stuff just isn't really, you know, big chatter right now. So I think, yeah, when you're winning, when, uh, you know, the team's getting along, when the coaching staff is performing, it's there's a little less to be existentially worried about. But yet, there's still some things, so we're not going to, you know, belabor it. Uh, but if there is anything, maybe you're worried because you don't have enough to worry about. Sometimes, you know, when you have anxiety, that's what happens. And so we're going to let you know whether you should be worried about a few different aspects that could be troubling uh, regarding this year's Timberwolves team. Yeah, yeah. And you already mentioned a little bit of it that like Anthony Edwards being this good this early, like that that helps a lot with a lot of like bigger picture things because it's like, oh, OK. We'll figure it out eventually, even if this current group doesn't necessarily work. We got this got the stud back there. So uh yeah, that goes a long way too, when like your future isn't quite as murky. Uh, but speaking of the future, we gotta start here, Scott. Worried or not worried about uh Jaden McDaniels, the sophomore year has not uh has not turned around yet like we kind of hoped it would by this point. Where are you with uh, your feelings on Jaden McDaniels second year in the league? I'm worried, you know, um, I wish, you know, his rookie year was good and, you know, so was Ant's and his, I guess he were, if you go two for, or one for two, or you have Ant make the next leap and then one guy doesn't make the leap, you guess you'd take that. But mm-hmm. it's just as surprising what a step back it's been for Jaden. I, I mean, he has more fouls than he does points on the season, which is pretty tough. And like the, the fact that he's almost leading the league in fouls, despite not playing nearly as much as like Cat, who is also near the league lead in fouls, is just kind of amazing. So um, yeah, of course it's troubling. He can't stay on the court. His offense has looked like it's regressed, even though he's been, you know, know uh you know what it was let off the leash or let off the chain or whatever at summer league where they're encouraging him to dribble it up and sometimes he dribbles it up a little bit more confidently now but I just have lost faith in his three-point shot and uh you know sometimes yeah like you know in Portland he had some flashes because of course he's got all the family in the crowd he's from Seattle you know so he wants to play good in front of the hometown but even then it wasn't like a Joe and Noel game who really performed in front of the home crowd. So basically what I'm just trying to say here is I'm worried. Um, I mean, I think that with the emergence of Vando, it doesn't hurt the team as much to have uh, Jaden regress. So I think the team is going to be okay. But just our long-term outlook, it would really mean a lot if Jaden could grow into somebody who would be you know really useful. And especially he might not hit the ceiling of like diet Scotty Pippen or whatever Coach, Coach Finn was hoping he could fitch. Finch is hoping he could be. But um, yeah, I've been worried. It just seems like maybe he doesn't have that much of a ceiling uh, that we thought he did. What about you, Neil? Yeah, put me down for worried as well. Got to join you there in that column. Just quick correction. um, Jaden McDaniels has more personal fouls than uh, field goals made. uh, More shots made this year. Not not points. Um, He's got a lot more points. Uh, But yes, that's that's the case there. So yeah, I think the big story yeah for him this year has been been the fouls and then been the the shot not going in. Everything else is is really similar. You you look at a lot of his stats from year to year and. You know, a lot of the things are, are pretty much similar as far as his minutes go and, um, you know, sort of the amount of shots he's taking and, and that kind of thing. Um, but the percentages for, for shooting are really where, 
you know, you see the big marks coming down. And um, true shooting last year, 55%, uh, which is about league average. And this year, all the way down to 49%, um, you know, even though he's playing about the same minutes and, you know, his role is kind of about the same and stuff. He's getting about the same amount of three-point shots, you know, 3.1 attempts last year to 3.5 this year. Um, but he's, you know, he's making 26% of his threes this year as compared to 36 last year. It's an enormous drop. So um, you're going to feel that, especially with the minutes he's played. And just those threes just not going, not going in and all those fouls racking up too. You know, you mentioned all the total fouls he's had this year and just really, really troubling. But, um, you know, so I am worried because it doesn't seem like his trajectory is what it was going to be after his first year. Maybe some of those threes were a little fluky in a shortened season. Um, there, you know, probably wasn't, you know, total threes. It's not that many. He only played 60, you know, 63 of what 72 games last year. Um, you know, taking about three games. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little worrying just cause it's like, okay, you thought what you had in this guy and you thought he could be this like fill in position, but obviously he's also not quite 21 yet. Right. Or maybe he just turned 21. Uh, yeah, he just turned, or he, yeah, he's about, he's about, he's about uh, a third of the year into his 21st year of life. So, you know, he, he is 21 and, um, but you know, that is the one point that does give you a little bit of hope is that he's super young still. So. We'll yeah, see. What the thing goes. was, I thought he was on a different trajectory, but maybe he's more of like a Vanderbilt trajectory where, you know, mm. we, we bought low on Vando, but it was kind of the same thing where it's like, oh, this guy can't do too much on the court. But then Vando just put on a ton of muscle one off season, you know, and kind of like figured out his lane. So maybe that's what Jaden will be. I just thought maybe he would have been like uh, more of a, you know, like I was I was figuring he'd make the rising star team this year, which we, we haven't talked about, but maybe we'll talk about later. So yeah. uh, it doesn't look like he will is what I'm saying. All right, next one, Scott. Worried or not worried about Anthony Edwards uh, becoming arrogant here? Maybe he's already there. I mean, it's just uh, you know we're all loving the we all love the 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 sort of vibe of Anthony Edwards again. The youthful sort of you know just just doesn't really seem to have a care in the world and thinking really highly of himself. But what about the idea of? him not really you know always being celebrated for for literally saying you're black jesus like where does that go like is there are you worried about you know i don't know about this this is not a serious thing but are you worried that anthony edwards there might be a turn coming you know in the next like year to like year and a half two years ish where you know all this stuff doesn't quite look so much fun when uh, maybe he's a, a few years older and somehow maybe things aren't going so well on the court. Can, can you see this kind of co- turning into a not so fun thing? Oh, well, I mean, we're Timberwolves fans, Neil. There's always the possibility <laughs> that our star player will become dissatisfied with their situation and have mm-hmm, that, you know, mm-hmm. lead to uh, a lot of bad things with their attitude. So, of course, that's always in the back of every Timberwolves fan's minds. But I'm not worried about this at all because I think Ant is uh, he's arrogant in a way that's real people pleasing. It seems like he's trying to make jokes and make people smile. It seems like he's trying to build up his teammates. And, yeah, maybe that's what you do when you're kind of the new guy. And, you know, even though he's on the team now for two years, which is longer than some players. He's still new in the league. He's not like he's got a veteran status over anybody else on this team, really. Uh, so I think maybe you could say once he's older than guys, maybe his attitude will change. Maybe he won't be trying to please everybody as much. But it just seems like he really wants to build everybody up. And he he uses his arrogance in a kind of a fun, joking manner and to keep things upbeat, keep things positive. It's actually a good way to cut through a lot of the cynicism that has just kind of settled in among the team's fans, beat reporters. Everybody surrounding this franchise has been kind of infected to some degree by this kind of uh, cynicism and he has not been at all which is why we find him so refreshing probably more refreshing to us than he would be to other fan bases uh, he's just been a 
buoyant beam of light in that sense. So, um, yeah, it would build me out if that if that kind of force for good started becoming a force for putting people down or, you know, because but it doesn't seem like he's lifting himself up to put people down. He's lifting himself up, but he's also lifting other people up. I don't think that he's got that uh, mean bone. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, so I'm going to say I'm not worried. How about you? I would say I'm a little worried about this one. I it, it's it seems unlikely now, and it's not that I think he's going to turn into a mean person. I just I just uh, think that this is a very uh, I don't know. I think about like child stars or sort of like pop stars who are like teens and stuff like that and how it like affects them and there's really like no way to prep for anything like that so i'm just wondering if a 20 year old 19 year old coming in the league and just again kind of having everything go his way right away like no no real you know last year obviously they weren't a good that good of a team and, and stuff they had their struggles like you know it wasn't all roses necessarily but relatively speaking he's having a real real uh, good time here as a young guy and um, I don't know I think some of that stuff he's gonna have to maybe um, you know change up some of that going forward um, you know down the line but right now it doesn't seem like that big of a deal but I could I could see it happening and I'm a little bit worried about him being unchecked in this uh, time right now but hard to hard to see how those things might go going forward. Yeah, as he gets uh, more responsibility, he'll have to be a little bit more mature. But yeah. you know, it's Fine also like he's not—he wasn't brought up as a superstar. I guess like maybe Wiggins would be a bad comparison just because of his attitude. But Wiggins was kind of the guy who had been hyped up his whole life as like the right. next big thing. Whereas Ant really wasn't getting that hype even last year. You know, he was on the team and everyone still wanted to talk about Lamelo. So I feel like even now, I mean, eleventh and fan vote, both the media and the players voted him higher. So maybe he—he he still isn't getting the kind of recognition he deserves. So we'll see. All right, next one here. Uh, Scott, are you worried or not worried about the lack of Carl Anthony Towns' shot attempts? This is a, this is a, a reoccurring one here. We've definitely, definitely had this in a worried or not worried segment in, uh, in our history here. So where are you these days with your uh, anxiety factor around Towns not getting that many shot attempts? It's not keeping me up at night, but I, just to give a different answer than I normally give, because I'm usually on the not worried side, I would say the only concerning part of this is uh, whether or not we can get those shots at will. Because I feel like, especially against Portland, took seven shots. But like I said, he was doing all this other stuff. And a lot of times when Towns isn't taking shots, it's because it fits into the flow of the game. It's like, yeah, you want your best player taking more shots. But the way the game is going, Ant's in his groove, Delo's in his groove, let's give it to the hot hand, that kind of thing. I get that. I'm not too concerned. But I do think that like, if there is a structural reason, like, oh, these other defenses, we just can't figure them out. We can't find a way to get Cat open for the shots that we need him to get because other defenses know how to double him or how to prevent him from catching the ball where he wants. And sometimes I feel like Cat's refusal to take a bad shot, you know, he'll always pass up. Also, tangent, man, how many times do we have to see Cat wind a 24-second shot clock down the season and give a grenade to one of his teammates? He's doing it so much this season. In the past, he would take a bad shot, but this season he's just like, no, Pat Bev, you hold this ball as time expires or something like that. It's not a good teammate habit from him, but he hasn't really done that a lot in the past. But this year, it's all over the place. But um, yeah, I'd be uh, my only concern is that if we can't get Cat the shots he needs, that's going to be really tough when it comes playoff time if we can't get him any shots at all in the fourth. So that's the only worrying thing is like a X's and O's kind of thing. Can we get Cat open shots? Uh, but other than that, I'm not too worried at this point. How about you, Neil? That's big in the league. That's big. Yeah, I think uh, I'm. I'm not. I'm not too worried um, about this uh, because because they're winning the games for the most part. You know, I think this is an interesting 
stretch for Carl because this is what he's always talked about uh, throughout the years is not worrying about stats and you know well, the, if you get the win that that's what matters I just want to win and he's kind of in that situation now where you know they've won you know I think it's like eight of their last eleven and stuff like that and there's been a couple games in there where the you know shot attempt totals are down for him so this is kind of it's happening right now for him in real time where you know he's got to take his lumps and sometimes it's not his night and so far he's been doing the right thing you know like talking about that Portland game just getting rebounds and defending and doing other stuff so it's an interesting time for him to like kind of you know it's not not that he's giving up the mantle to to um, Edwards because it's not quite there yet but just that that's starting to happen and that he can change up from being the number one everything all the time and can kind of alter his game um, to the new reality I think the shots you know obviously you want to see more from him but if they're if they're gonna win the game, well, whatever then. It was whatever what you're doing was working out. So until there's a you know a big losing streak where he's under ten shots a game for a whole bunch of them, I think I'm gonna put myself down for not worried. <laughs> All right, one more thing here, Scott. Uh, Crunch's birthday is coming up, and uh, you know Omicron still out there, still creeping around the corner. So worried or not worried about Crunch's birthday being ruined by COVID? You know. I've heard that uh, masks are, are man have been a mandate in the mascot community for a long time. So I'm not worried. I think all the mascots will wear their masks, be you know properly protected. They're not going to risk uh, infection or spreading of COVID. I think you know a lot of the locals will definitely show up. You know I don't think that COVID's going to keep like TC Bear from showing up or Nordy from the Wild from showing up or whatever. You know I think they'll still get the locals in town. We'll see. You know maybe the Raptors not allowed to travel south of the border because of restrictions. That would be a bummer. He's one of the true pros in this league, and you know I'm sure you know all mascots are probably feeling a little anxious right now in this post Devin Booker calling you out world. You don't you don't want to get called out by an NBA. Player. Player. I'm sure the Raptor had a HR meeting after that one. So I'm sure our mascots are feeling a little hesitant right now just about that kind of scrutiny. But if anyone knows about wearing a mask, it's a mascot. So I am not worried, Neil. How about you? Yeah, I, got, I don't think I'm worried either. I, I feel like Crunch... You know, no matter what happens, he's gonna have a good time at his birthday. I think his his buddies, as you as you said, will be there. Um, you know, if the game gets canceled or postponed due to to COVID, um, you know, I feel like they can still have a good time without um, the fans in the arena. I feel like they would still celebrate. They would still do their gags. They would still be able to have a good time even without the crowd there. You know, maybe they could get off site and go somewhere else and enjoy themselves. So even in the worst case scenario where the game uh, or the celebration of Crunch's birthday takes place, um, you know, were to be postponed or something like that. Um, your point is really good about all the masks being on these these mascots, and you know they're prepared, they're professionals, they're vaccinated, they're taking care of themselves because they do have to be around a lot of people. So uh, I'm with you. I'm not too worried about this one. Crunch is a is a good sport too. So I think he he if this did happen too, I feel like they could just run it back like another week or something like that, and they'd have almost as good of a, uh, of, of a time at that birthday party. All right, there you go. That's worried, not worried. Um, I hope uh, you guys are doing okay and are not uh, too worried out there. There's a lot of stuff to be worried about, so it's good that the Wolves are, are less less a worrisome um, squad this year. That's that's good. we got bigger fish to fry. All right, let's take it to Weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your Weekly 
Wolfie. Oh yeah, we have awards, and uh, they're just they need to they need to go to some winners. They need to go to some some homes here, Scott. So we got to do that. Uh, we got to tell you about some some people who deserve awards, Scott. Who do you have for us this week for your uh, very prestigious uh, weekly Wolfie winner um, uh, for this week? I'm going to give it to the league, Neil, for trying new things. I mentioned a little bit they're shaking up the Rising Star contest, Ooh. which is fine by me. I mean, rookies versus sophomores, then it was World versus USA, and then it wasn't happening because of COVID, and now we're back, and we're doing four different teams. It's kind of like a round-robin thing where like two people will face off, and it's going to have rookies. They're going to have sophomores. Each team is going to have a member of the G League Ignite team. And uh, they're going to draft, and it's going to be smaller teams. And I just think, and they're going to a score. It's one of those things like it's first to 70 or whatever, you know. Oh, yeah, the Elam ending. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they're doing a lot of tweaks. I love making the rules crazy. Why not? Make it fun. It's an all star game. Make fun stuff happen. And I think that this format is going to really let Ant thrive. I can't wait to watch Ant take it to everyone. I mean, if you're drafting the teams, he's got to be your number one pick, right? Are you going to pick Lamella over him? I feel like that's the only other guy from rookies or sophomores that would be like, who do I take with the number one pick? Ant's better than LaMelo, but LaMelo in this kind of all-star game format where you got guys running up and down the court, no one's really playing defense, the kind of full court awareness that LaMelo has could really be useful. So I could see the LaMelo argument, but either way, we're talking about it, which is a lot more than it could usually be said about the rookie sophomore game. So uh, rising stars, I will tune in and watch it because they're making it interesting again. So kudos to the league for trying new things. Let's always try new things. Let's get weird with it. Yeah, I agree. I I think all whenever they do stuff like this, even if it doesn't like ultimately hang on, like it's worth trying. You know, like you said, just just keep trying different uh, ideas, and um, you know, maybe it maybe it works, and uh, it can make it to the main game or something like that, or maybe it doesn't, and who cares? You tried it, so like you said, lots of good uh, ground for uh, you know doing doing some different things. Remember they tried horse a bunch of years ago. It's like who cares? Just try stuff. Yeah, I mean, just do it. If you just keep it as is, people don't watch the game, you know, because yeah. the all-star yeah, game yeah, is already yeah. just like, this is going to be 180 to 160 and a lot of alley-oop dunks, you know, that kind of thing. So, like, let's keep it weird. Let's give us a reason to tune in. Very nice. There you go. All right. The NBA getting Scott's uh, Wolfie this week. All right. Mine is going out to a uh, friend of the pod, uh, former guest of the pod, Lucas Seehofer, um, a nice young gentleman living in the Twin Cities. Uh, you know, he is uh, he is a, not a physical therapist, but he is someone that works with athletes' bodies and injuries and stuff like that. He knows his stuff. We shout him out here all the time um, for his Twitter account where he, uh, you know, will, whenever anybody's injured league-wide, he'll, he'll give a good uh, response to that with, you know, sort of, you know, how long recovery time might be and, you know, just what that player might be dealing with. So very valuable that way. But Lucas... And he writes about everything. He covers so many different things locally for Canis Hoopus and for other places. But uh, I got to give him a shout out for covering the links so well um, this winter, especially here in the winter um, during the uh, the since the, the off season has ramped up here in the last few weeks. Lucas is doing a great job. Um, you know, I uh, I've been covering the links for Canis Hoopus for a few years now since 2017, and a lot of times it was just me, and uh, it was hard to find other people to do anything about the links and. 
And now we got a couple of other great folks. Jack Borman's doing a great job, as well as Lucas. Lucas is interviewing assistant. He interviewed Katie Smith this week. Um, he interviewed uh, Claire Duellis, who's the assistant GM behind Cheryl Reeve. Um, a few weeks ago, he's doing like previews on free agency, which starts next week. So um, shout out to Lucas for uh, covering the links at all, but doing it for a great website called Canis Hoopus uh, as well. And uh, we need more links and WNBA coverage and uh, having more people on board uh, taking taking up that is fantastic. So we love uh, shouting out Lucas. And hey, it was another good reason to do so. So we had to do it for Weekly Wolfies this week. Lucas, your trophy is in the mail. Yeah, I enjoy uh, following Lucas on Twitter because, like, middle of winter, I'm scrolling through and I'll see, like, uh, a highlight of a Lynx player. And at first I'm like, <laughs> what is a Lynx player highlight middle of winter? And then I'm thinking, like, oh, this is going to be, like, a clip from the season last year. It's like, no, this is what she was doing in Russia yesterday, yep. you know, yep. or whatever. You get those international clips. I love it. Yeah, covering yeah, Lynx players playing overseas. Unheard of in the past. Now it's happening right there in Kansas So we'll link to uh, some of his most recent pieces in the show notes. Check that out. All right, Scott. Uh, it's the end of the show, and that means it's game time. What are we doing? What is uh, what is cooking today in the game segment? Well, Neil, uh, you know, we've had some tough games in recent weeks, so I thought I'd keep it easy for you with this one. <laughs> Yeah, gonna, yeah, I've had, uh, had some difficulties. We've had a lot of, uh, uh, you know, tough questions. So I've got a lot of easy questions for you today, Neil. But oh, there is oh. a time limit. I'm going to oh. see how many questions you can get through in 45 seconds, okay? <laughs> in hindsight, wow. this might have been better to do when we were in the studio together. We we're recording remotely tonight, so it may be a little harder to do the give and take on this. But I'll try to read the questions fast so you can answer them quickly. Wow, rapid fire. Now, do you have a timer in front of you, Scott? I do. I do have the timer. I will be in charge. Okay, cool. All right, cool. You keep the timer and let me know where I'm at. And, uh, yeah, I'm I'm ready. I'm hoping to get – I hope I can get four, I think, in in five seconds. If you don't get four, we're going to have real problems. I'm hoping you can get. I'm hoping you can get 15, 40. Okay. Oh boy. All right. They better be pretty easy. I'm, can, can I pass if I, if I know it? Go ahead. You can pass if you want. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Let's put 45 seconds on the clock, and uh, let's see what we can do. You're not Torian Prince. You can always pass. <laughs> that guy's thirsty for a shot right now. I don't blame him. All right. Here we go. Timer starting. Neil, name the arena the Timberwolves play in. Target Center. Name the only player to have his jersey retired by the team. Malik Seeley. Name the best player in team history. <laughs> Kevin Garnett. Name the winningest coach in team history. Flip Saunders. Name the owner of the team. Glenn Taylor. Name the team's most recent all-star. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns. What is KG's nickname? Uh, the Big Ticket. Name the team's mascot. Crunch. Name the last year the team made the playoffs. 2018. Where did the Wolves play during their first season? Uh, Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome. Who did the Wolves trade to acquire Andrew Wiggins? Uh, Kevin Love. Who is the current coach of the Wolves? Uh, it is it is a man named Chris Finch. All right, that is time. You did, oh. not get the Finch one. you did not get the Finch one in time, but I think you still got Let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9... 10, 11. You got 11. So All you got right. more than there we go. you got more than the four you thought. Not quite the 15 I was hoping, but still very good. Lightning so round. Di- yeah, it's a different game when it's a lightning round. So very nice. I got pl- uh, plenty more just in case you got farther in the game. So maybe we'll we'll revisit that sometime. 
Yeah, we'll do part two of the lightning round game. Very nice. There it is, you guys. Thanks for listening to Wolves Cast episode 180. We did it. We covered the team. We covered Anthony Edwards playing very well. And our good friend Andrew Wiggins is, uh, is uh, you know, his onwards. He's a, fu- a fully vaccinated NBA all-star, everybody. Let's just embrace it. Whoever, That's right. Who knew? Let's, uh, let's all give it up for Flip. Like I said, Zach Levine, Cat, Wiggins, all-star in the same year. Let's make it happen. Last time they were all at all-star game together, it was, uh, you know, them watching Levine just do mind-bending dunks in the dunk contest while they jumped at Wiggins and cat were yeah. on the bench jumping up and down you know acting like they just you know saw the most amazing thing so that's always one of my favorite Timberwolves all-star memories so let's all get them at the all-star game again and it's a true uh, full circle moment for Andrew as uh, the all-star game will be held in Cleveland Ohio uh, here this year Scott so he's you know he's going to give it to those fans you know we know we know what Andrew does with the revenge games right there so that's right a revenge uh, all-star game let's have it happen yeah, he's going to get uh, he's going to get MVP I'll be rooting for him anyway. Yeah, make us make everyone who's saying you don't belong there eat their words, Wiggins. Go ahead and win, <laughs> win All Star MVP. Uh, yes, indeed. But uh, yeah, hopefully next week we have news of uh, Carl Towns being named as a reserve to the team. So uh, that should be happening next week, and uh, we'll talk more All Star stuff and uh, everything else that's happening with the Timberwolves. Then, um, until then, follow us on Twitter at Wolvescast and uh, check out all the amazing work happening over at Canis Hoopus our lovely home. We will talk to everybody next week. Before we let you go, Anthony, I just want to get a little bit of rapid fire in here. So give us a few words. The first thing that pops into your mind with some quick hitter questions. Are you ready? Yes. All right. The player you consider the hardest to guard in the league, who and why? Mm. Myself and because I'm unstoppable. I love it. I love it. That's why I hey, rocks with you, man. That's what you would have said, Perk, right? Absolutely. There we both got old souls. <laughs> the big Perk swag. Sure. Okay. It's a question.